Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Good morning, Maranatha. Well, let's try that again. Good morning, Maranatha. <laughs> there we are. And welcome uh, to those of you who are joining us live on YouTube this morning, or maybe you have found our uh, sermon archive either on the website or on uh, your podcast player, wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome this morning in Jesus' name. How is your Greek? (laughs) I'll admit mine isn't very good either. Just don't tell any of my seminary professors. My, uh, my, my sermon title this morning is transliterated from Greek. So look at your bulletin and you'll see that. And, and, it's, and I, I did that not because I, I'm smarter than, than any of you, far from that. But this phrase has been on my heart, it's been on my mind a lot these last few weeks. And, and not just because I was preparing a sermon on it either. <laughs> I was excited when I got to look at the lectionary uh, this week and discover that this passage from John 15 was one of the assigned texts for this week's. Uh, the phrase, I, I can't look at it and say it. <laughs> Agapate, ah, I can't even do it, do it now. <laughs> Agapate alelos, there we go. Agapate alelos is a phrase that Jesus and his disciple John following Jesus' lead uh, would utter very frequently. So what does that mean? Agapate alelos. What does that mean? Let's break it down a little bit. Agapate is, is the verb, verb form of the Greek word agape. Oh, you, you, some of you know what that means, right? We know, we know what that means. Word. Agape means love. And so as a verb, agapate is a command to love. And we're going to talk about specifics of agape love later on in the sermon. And so that brings us to the next word there, alelos. And I'm not going to tell you right off the bat what that means. <laughs> I'm going to see if you're smart enough to pick up on it while we read our sermon text. And I, I think you will be able to catch what that means. Uh, if you have a Bible or, again, in the bulletin, look at John 15 with me. And I would invite you to stand with me as I read God's word. John 15, beginning at verse 12, reading through verse 17 in Jesus' name. Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. 
Heavenly Father, Lord God, this is your word, and thank you for the opportunity to, to gather again, even in the midst of uh, the pandemic, and to gather again and to uh, worship you, to hear from your word. And we do pray that you be with us today as we meet and as we uh, look at this text, open our hearts to what you would have for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, you Greek scholars, what does the word alelos mean? Did you pick it up? Well, yeah, I, heard, I think I heard somebody say it. One another or others, right? That's what the word alelos means. Agapete alelos. It's a call. It's a command to love one another. And in this passage of Scripture here that we just read, Jesus issues three commands to believers, three calls to believers. He calls us to love one another sacrificially, to be obedient to his command, and to bear lasting fruit that's grown in love. So those are what we're going to look at yet this morning. And the first of those three calls or commands of Jesus is found in verses 12 and 13. Jesus calls his followers to love one another sacrificially. And I know I just read them, but I want to look at these verses again. Uh, as we go through this morning, we're going to spend the bulk of our time in these verses. Verses 12 and 13, look at these again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And in the Greek language, right, there are four different words for the word love. English has one, and we use it to describe our relationship with everything, right? I love my wife. I love my kids. I love being outdoors. I love playing baseball. I love drinking coffee. I love drinking coffee while sitting at a coffee shop, which was something I got to do finally this week after months of not being able to do that, right? <laughs> and I loved it. We use that word love to describe so many different things, but we don't use that word in the same way each time, do we? I hope we don't anyway, right? Maybe we English speakers are just a bit lazy when it comes to describing our relationship with the world around us. However, in Koine Greek, in the common Greek language that the New Testament was written in, there were four different words for the word love. And you see some of them in your bulletin there. Phileo love described brotherly love. That's the love of enjoyment or friendship or fondness of others. This is the, the easy love that's bent towards our natural preferences and tastes, right? Coffee over tea, Thai food over spinach and kale, right? Uh, chocolate chip cookies over, over oatmeal raisin cookies, right? You, you get the idea. That's phileo love. Storge love is a love of community and family. Storge love is often a sense of duty. You might feel this maybe for your college alma mater or the state's professional football team that continues to let you down year after year after year. Eros, the next type of love, Eros was used to describe a romantic love, the love between a man and a woman. And this is the love that culture in movies and in music often references and, and is really obsessed with. The fourth kind of love, agape love, is the love that's most often used in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 13, for example, describes this type of love. 
Agape love is a sacrificial love. It is not concerned with self, but always has the greater good in mind. Agape love goes out of the way uh, for the other person. Agape love loves without expectation of return. Agape love is sacrificial. It's used in Scripture to describe God's love for us by sending His Son. And it's also used in Scripture in passages like this to describe our love for one another, the command that we are commanded to love. And this command to continually love should really touch every sphere of our lives, shouldn't it? Uh, Jesus calls us to love one another. And again, this is that alelos word that comes in to play here, right? And, and in the immediate context, Jesus is speaking to his disciples on the last night of his life. He's just washed their feet, demonstrating his humility and his agape love, his sacrificial love for them. He shared with them the Lord's Supper, instituting that sacrament, sharing his body and his blood with them. He's promised to send the Holy Spirit to them, to be with them after his departure. And now, on the final night of his life before his crucifixion, Jesus leaves them with a new command. This is actually the second time he said it. Earlier in John chapter 13, verse 34, he said this. He said, Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And then he goes on to say that this sacrificial agape love for one another will be a distinguishing mark to the world. He said, All people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But we would be wrong, of course, to read this command of Jesus uh, to love one another only as his command to his disciples and their interaction with each other. This command of Jesus is extended to us, to you today as well. The command of Jesus to continually and to sacrificially love one another touches every sphere of your life. And it starts with those you are closest with, your brothers and sisters in Christ, your family and your friends. And then it, it expands. This command to agapete alelos expands. It broadens out to include your neighbors, your coworkers, those with whom you might rub shoulders with on a daily basis. Not that we actually rub shoulders with anymore during COVID, right? <laughs> but, but the call to love one sacrificial love also, also broadens out to a wider definition to include uh, complete and total strangers and maybe even those you disagree with. I think it's safe to say that these past two weeks have been a pretty turbulent time in our nation, haven't they? The death of George Floyd while in police custody is tragic, as is every death. And the peaceful protests against police brutality were, in the eyes of most, uh, a good response. But the rioting and the looting uh, of businesses defied logic in the eyes of many. And tensions continued to mount as curfews were instated and as the National Guard was deployed. And maybe it hits home for us uh, a little bit more because the places that we saw on TV were, were, were places that were in our own backyard, right? Places like Minneapolis or even here in Fargo. This wasn't just Atlanta or LA or DC. This was home. It became real for a lot of us. 
And while the protests and the riots, again, hit, hit closer to home, and they maybe simmered down a little bit in these last few weeks, many of those same feelings remain. So how do we respond? Being in a rural setting here in northern Minnesota, uh, most of us in this room are white, and we can't relate on a personal level to a lot of the feelings of, of the black community. But just because we don't get it, it doesn't mean that we, we, we can't try to show some empathy. Paul charges Christians in Romans 12 to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep. And this means that we don't blow off what others are going through, even if we don't understand it. If somebody is rejoicing in something that in our eyes is completely silly and uh, trivial, we should rejoice with them. If they are weeping or grieving over something that we can't relate to, we should try our hardest to see things from their perspective, from their point of view, and to grieve with them. This doesn't mean, however, right, that we should take up bricks and throw them at police officers or sheriff's deputies, where I don't think any of us would, would approve of those acts of violence. But as, as James, the brother of Jesus, reminds us in James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, we should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then he goes on and he says this, and this is very interesting. He says, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's an astounding verse, isn't it? Man's anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God. God's justice. God has ordained and created certain organizations for the meeting out of justice and righteousness. And Romans 13 tells us that he puts government in charge of those duties. And while they are God-ordained, we know that those who are in office are fallen, sinful human beings, just like the rest of us who have unfortunately sinned in and against their vocations, their callings often. So should we be angry at the death of, of George Floyd? Absolutely. Should we be, as we should with every untimely death, but we should, should we demand that every police officer be thrown to the wolves? Absolutely not. Our nation needs healing, and healing won't come from an, an abolishment of the police force or a forced redistribution of wealth or enough sensitivity training. Healing can only come when we, as human beings, treat our fellow human beings as they are, unique, individual creations of our one creator. In his eyes, each soul is precious. Healing will come as we love one another with agape love, sacrificial love that gives in and of itself and seeks the best for others. And it's important to notice, however, that this call to love one another, agapeteo lelos, is not solely a good moral or a nice ethic to follow. If it was, there wouldn't be much difference between a Christian who's sacrificially loving his neighbor and a Buddhist who lives his life by the four noble truths and seeks to walk that eightfold path of enlightenment. If Christianity could be summarized as simply being kind, there'd be no difference between believers and pacifists who seek to do no harm. So what separates Christianity? Why is Jesus' call to love one another different from what other world religions or other ethics or morals might offer? 
the ability we have as believers to love one another sacrificially is rooted and grounded in his sacrificial love for us. And that's what Jesus is talking about in, in verse 13 of our sermon text. Look at that again with me. He says, Greater love has no one than this, that somebody lay down his life for his friends. History is, is peppered with stories of those who have sacrificially laid down their lives for others. And you'll find most of these stories during times of war, some of the darkest, hardest times. On uh, December 4th, 2006, during the, the height of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Army Private Ross McGinnis, and I think I have a, a picture of him here on the screen if you want to throw that up here. He was serving as a machine gunner while his platoon was on patrol in northern Baghdad. And during the patrol, an enemy threw a grenade into the gunner's hatch. McGinnis could have probably jumped out of his Hummer, saving his own skin, but instead he jumped on the grenade uh, before it exploded and absorbed the impact in himself, in his body, saving the lives of the four others in the Hummer that were with him. For his bravery and his sacrifice, he received the highest honor awarded a soldier, the Medal of Honor. Private McGinnis was just 19 when he laid down his life for his friends. Next week, I think it was June 14th, would have been his 33rd birthday. It takes a certain amount of courage and bravery and above all, sacrificial love to do what Private McGinnis did. Yeah, McGinnis' sacrificial love is only a, a small picture of the love that Christ is talking about in verse 13. This great love was demonstrated ultimately for us by Jesus as he laid down his life for you. He gave his life in exchange for you. He took all of your sin upon himself and he became sin for you. In his love, he gives to you his perfection, his righteousness. His sacrifice is the perfect demonstration of love, of agape love. John put it this way, and in 1 John 4, he says, God is love, and in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We know God's love. It has been shown to you in Jesus as he gave himself for you to be the atoning sacrifice for your sins. And as you realize how much you have been forgiven by God through Christ, it frees you to extend that same agape, sacrificial love and forgiveness to others. Your ability to love one another sacrificially is based in the reality of his love for you. And that thought leads us to the next two calls, the next two commands of Jesus in these verses. And we're not going to spend as much time on these next two commands simply because they flow out of the first. The second call or the second command of Jesus in, in these verses is his call for obedience to his commands. Look again at verses 14 and 15. He says, You are my friends if you do what I command. 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls for obedience to his command to love one another. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I don't think we should read these words strictly as an if-then premise. If and only if we can obey Jesus, then he loves us. That's putting the cart before the horse, and I don't think that's what Jesus is driving at. But our obedience to Jesus and his commands flow from his love to us and for us. We who have been loved by Jesus, love so much that he gave himself for us, we in turn can turn around and love one another. And this call to love one another is more than just lip service as well. It's more than just a, an intellectual assent to the rightness of the commands of Jesus. His commands must be followed through. Again, as, as John writes in his letters to the churches, he, he passes along this thought of Jesus and says that our love for one another must be in deed and in truth. Uh, we read these verses in our scripture reading before, but it's good to be reminded of them. First John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, John says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. For John, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where your agreement to the general principle of love thy neighbor as thyself works itself out. We love not in, in talk alone, but in deed and in truth. Our, our actions and the attitude of our heart reflects what's, what's going on deep inside of us. And yet at the same time, love one another, agapete alelos, is more than just doing the right actions and, and, and come going through the right motions. James, the brother of Jesus, put it this way and gives us a very practical example. In James chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, he says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and, and one of you says to them, Go in peace and be warmed and filled, without giving him the things needed for the body, what good is that, James says. And basically what, what he's saying there is, you know, what good is it if you encourage and wish, wish your brother and sister in the Lord to be well-fed and happy, but do absolutely nothing about his plight? James says, that's no good. We, we all want everybody to be warm and fed, right? But, but sometimes we don't want to be the ones to help out. We don't think that's our job. We let others do that. Maybe that should be the job of the government, or maybe that should not be the job of the government, depending on where you are on the political spectrum. Maybe it should be the Salvation Army's job, or the church's job, or we'll just let others do the work. Somebody will take care of others. However, believer, it is possible that you are the means by which God will take care of your brother and your sister. We know that God works through means. God works through avenues, through channels. Uh, we're actively engaged right now through his primary means of conveying his grace to you, right? The word of God, and we'll be participating in another one of his means of grace, the Lord's Supper, later on. And you, not the person sitting next to you, 
in the pew, but you, you might be one of the avenues, one of the channels, one of the means that God uses to provide for and to love and to serve your neighbor. Have you ever thought of that? God can and does the miraculous. We don't doubt that. But very often, God uses ordinary means to accomplish his tasks. And usually, this looks like Christians serving in the vocation that he has called you to. And believers using your gifts, your talents, and your abilities to minister to one another, to the least of these. Agapete alelos, indeed and in truth. Do we all do this perfectly? Do we fully carry out Jesus' commands to agapete alelos every chance that we get? I don't think so. Sometimes we're selfish. We're self-centered. And we all struggle to perfectly love one another. And so when we realize that we have failed at loving one another, what do we do? Do we try harder? Do we start a a national movement to love one another better? (laughs) No. Uh, When we fail, and and it's not an if, but a when, when we fail, when we realize that we failed, we repent of our unlovingness towards our neighbor and we return to the Lord. We seek forgiveness from our Lord as well as from our neighbor. And we remember that our isn't found in our trying harder to love one another. It isn't found in our being better. In Isaiah 30, verse 15, the Lord says to his people, in repentance and rest you shall be saved. When we failed at his command to love, we repent and we trust in his grace and his mercy thus as found in his Son, as found in Jesus. And then we go out resting in that grace, resting in that mercy, resting in his forgiveness, and we agapete alelos all over again. There's a third call of Jesus in John 15, and it's very, very similar to the second, and it's that we should bear fruit grown in love. Look at verses 16 and 17 again. Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. As we hear Christ's call to bear fruit grown in love, we, we fully acknowledge that we have been chosen by Christ for this task. And again, this truth first applied to the disciples, uh, those first followers of Jesus who were his first witnesses sharing the good news of Jesus throughout the world. They were chosen, they were appointed, they were set apart for that very specific task. They were, as they went, they carried the gospel, they shared the love of Christ, and they demonstrated in deed and in truth love for one another. But this truth also applies to all believers who have experienced, who have witnessed his love firsthand. He has chosen us and he has tasked us with sharing his love with one another and with loving one another. We get to partner with Jesus as we seek to love one another. And again, we've been chosen and appointed for a a purpose, to bear lasting fruit. And the lasting fruit we are to bear is, I believe, the, the, 
the fruit of the Spirit that God produces within you. You remember what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? What's the, what's the first of the fruits of the Spirits that's listed? Love, right? Love. That same word agape is used. And then, and then all the other ones flow from that, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They all flow naturally from agape, from sacrificial love. But again, we can only bear lasting fruit. We can only grow lasting fruit because he has first loved us. We don't find within ourselves the strength for bearing lasting fruit. We find it in his love for us. We find it in his grace. We find it in his mercy. And because he has first loved us, we can, agapete alelos, we can love one another. The story is told, and I'll close with this story. Uh, The story is told that when the Apostle John was in his extreme old age, uh, he was so weak that he had to be carried into church meetings. And at the end of, of the meeting, he would be helped to his feet, and he would give a word of exhortation to the church. And I mean, what pastor in his right mind, or even in his wrong mind, would not give the Apostle John the chance to speak at his church service, right? And whenever he spoke, John would, without fail, say, Little children, let us love one another. And he gave this same exhortation week after week after week after week after week after week. And after a while, the congregation began growing weary of hearing the same thing over and over and over And so they asked him why he said this each and every week. And he replied this. He says, Because it is the Lord's commandment, and if this only is done, it is enough. I love that. This is the Lord's commandment, and if this only is done, it is enough. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for sending your Son for your love and sending your Son, and thank you for his sacrificial love for us, dying on the cross, dying for our sins, redeeming us from sin, from death, and from the devil. And we pray that we would be able to share that sacrificial love, that agape love with one another. As we go through this week, whatever challenges we encounter, whoever we uh, rub shoulders with, whether it's in our family or coworkers or uh, just general outsiders, Lord, help us to agapete alelos, to love one another. And not just in talk, but in, in deed and in truth, Father. We again thank you for Jesus and for his sacrifice for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.